All right, we are back with this week's progress update episode with a weekly interesting topic that I want to cover. So uh, this week, I want to focus more on the nutritional aspects of things, and I want to cover what I did in terms of diet recently, and then get into elaborating a bit more on some of the takeaways. So I'll put up some pictures on the screen while I'm talking here so that you can have some pictures that you can assign to the things you'll be hearing. But uh, long story short, I went down in about five weeks to approximately 9% body fat, starting from about 13%. Maybe you could argue 14, but knowing my own body and how it tends to store body fat, I'd say that 13 is a pretty good ballpark, to be honest. And in the past few months, I wasn't really consistent nutritionally, meaning that I didn't really have a concrete aim. I was just sort of hovering around the same energy balance, and I didn't really have the purpose to get leaner nor to get bigger. So I was literally just gaintaining or caulking, as they say, you know, going through basically unintentional mini cuts and mini bulks back and forth and ending up at the same place. And this is all on track, mind you. So it just kind of happened organically without me having a concrete purpose. And at some point I was like, okay, you know what? I want to do a nice purposeful bulk, or at least I want to ensure that I'm well fed all the time. You know, a deficit day here and there is of course okay, but I don't want to have weeks slipping in here where I'm accidentally cutting. So I was like, you know what? It's been a while ago since I was really lean, probably last year around June, or I mean this past June. June was the last time when I really leaned out. So let's do a quick cut. I'm ready for it. I haven't fat reduced in a long time. I'll give this four or so weeks and I'll get as lean as I can without starving myself. And once I'm done, I'll start eating in a surplus. So that's what I did. And the story of this is what I want to tell you here. So let's go from the beginning to make sure that I don't leave anything out that could be interesting. So Right from the get-go, I decided that this time I won't be fucking around with this fat reduction phase in the sense that I won't be going out to restaurants all the time and, and destroy myself. If I'm going out to grab a drink with a friend or my girlfriend, I won't be like, okay, let's snack from this cheese platter or whatever, which are all things that I did in my last mini cut last year. Because at the time, I was like, cool, I'm super balanced, and in the name of sustainable self-development, I'm going to be completely non-strict basically, which was fine and dandy, but it also made my mini cut twice as long as it should have been. So this time around, I was like, cool, that's not going to happen this time. I'll be on point with this and I won't let this mini cut drag along for ages. Um, now, anytime I'm making such a mental commitment, it historically always stressed me out, uh, mainly because I was concerned of the social implications and how it's going to impact my relationships in the short term. Because I've had, and this is something I should probably talk about in a separate episode, but I've had some pretty semi-traumatic encounters from a social standpoint where the people around me just couldn't be supportive of the things that I wanted to do fitness-wise. And it really boiled down to relatively trivial things, such as not wanting to have a can of beer then and there, or not wanting to stop for ice cream on the way back home, and simple things like this. And you know, 
we were all young, uh, in some areas already relatively wise, and in other realms very much immature. And what they probably felt was just a playful form of social pressure, was kind of perceived as a mild form of social abuse from my end. And, you know, I'm not thinking of these things with resentment. It was what it was, but it still made a little mark in my mind in that I have a harder time sometimes to feel a complete sense of autonomy when making a decision about being a bit more strict for a period of time. But this time around, right from the get-go, I had a really positive realization, which was simply that now I'm a bit older, (laughs) and the people around me are also a bit older, and I can actually be honest about what's going on, and people are not going to judge me, or even if they do, they'll keep it for themselves. So for instance, from the get-go, I told my girlfriend that, look, honey, I'm mini-cutting now, so I'll be on point with this, I don't want to drag this on for any longer than I need to. So for example, in the first week of my cut on a weekend we spent together, we made lunch and I asked her to make something that will fit my plan. So we actually made baked salmon with some baked sweet potato and potato mixed dish and a big salad. And it was actually amazing. And boom, problem solved. Um, Then we had some eating out occasions, maybe three or four times during this mini cut. And each time, I ordered a salad and asked them to not put oil on it and had some steak or some seafood for my main dish and boom, there it goes again. And then I was even invited to this house celebration, which is pretty much the antichrist of healthy eating. I mean, everything is fried, super oily, super sugary. I actually just got there a bit later when things were a bit more settled and people were more focused on the drinks and talking to one another. And when someone came up to me and asked if I wanted to eat something, I just told them that, no, I'm good, thanks. Or I actually just told them that I'm on a diet. And they respected it. And this was a cool little thing to experience that I at least didn't need to deal with the social pressures like this and that I could simply focus on the dieting aspect of things as opposed to having to deal with these side annoyances. So to actually get on to discuss the diet itself, This time around, I followed a very mixed diet. So I was eating a lot of salads and fruits and berries and things like that, moderate fat and moderate to high protein. So in short, I was following my very traditional preferred cutting diet. Now, this right away brings up the question of what about carnivorous eating? What about gut issues, bloating issues and all that stuff? Um, And there's a couple of things to mention here. One is that I had some very positive experiences from a pretty much zero-carb eating plan uh, for helping out with my gut issues, and there were a lot of psychological benefits that I got from it, and I talked about this a lot in different episodes, but one thing that I needed to acknowledge this time is that mentally, cognitively, and mood-wise, I do really, really well with carbs. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm a carb hyper-responder, and to be fair, I never even tried eating very carb-dense foods like rice and cereals in high quantities. If anything, because from an energy intake and satiety standpoint, it would be problematic for me. But just having a good at least 150 to 200 grams of carbs spread out over three, four meals just makes me feel really good. Now, as far as gut stuff goes, Fibrous, higher-volume foods can still cause some issues, uh, mainly bloating problems. And probably, if I wanted to treat my gut as well as possible, I would have done something like a vertical diet, which, I mean, is essentially just eating a low-residue diet with little fiber and easily digestible foods, so nothing magical about that diet. 
But for that purpose, it actually works. But that probably would have made my gut feel a whole lot better. But because of the high energy density and the low volume, which, well, I mean, those two terms pretty much mean the same thing. But because of those reasons, it probably also would have made me hungry. And I'll be honest, I had two key phrases that I kept in mind for this fat reduction phase, which were, for one, I'll choose boredom over hunger. And two, I'll take a bit of bloating over hunger. So these two things basically just mean that I don't give a shit if I'll be bored from eating basically the same meals for about four weeks every day. But for now, let's get lean without going crazy in the meantime because of hunger. And once I'm done, I can go back to eating more pleasurable foods. And the other thing about bloating mainly comes down to the fact that it's tough to optimize everything at the same time. And certain goals almost stand in direct conflict with one another. So for instance, getting away from prioritizing high volume, low calorie foods and simply sitting down, getting nice and comfortable with a smaller plate of food without relying on your stomach being stretched is a very useful skill to develop over time. Because in fitness and especially chronic dieters often get into always trying to max out on food volume all the time. But during a short, aggressive fat reduction phase is probably not the best time to do this, you know, because if you want to lose fat pretty quickly, then by definition, your calorie deficit will be pretty steep and the satiety signals from the in incoming fats and carbs will be limited. So you'll need to make up for that in some way. And that other way can be food volume. So I do plan after some time, after having bulked and having built up my food intake for enough time, to redevelop the skill again of getting satisfied from lower absolute quantities of food. But a short, relatively aggressive cut was just not the time to do that. So long story short is I did eat a mixed, pretty traditional cutting diet. And yes, to some extent, I did pay the price for it on the gut front because I still have some sensitivity to fiber. Which brings me to the point of why this mini cut was so annoying, although successful as planned. So, you know, I had three methods of tracking progress on this cut. Uh, I was monitoring my weight, my waist cir circumference, and my caliper readings. So it all started pretty well. You know, my first week's average weight average was uh, hovering around 85 kilos. I had some weigh-ins where I was close to 87 kilos and some where I was below 85 kilos. So at the end of it, it came out just over 85 kilos. My waist measurement hovered around 84 centimeters and my caliper readings were 6.7 to 7.6 millimeters. And it seemed to make sense as I knew from experience what these ranges were roughly contributing to. Now, I'll put up a picture here as uh, to how I looked at this point. But if you're only listening to this, I was relatively soft, but in good lighting, I still had visible abs. And in really poor lighting, I could still see my ab cage with like two horizontal lines, at least on my abs. So what body fat percentage this means will depend on your body fat distribution. For some, it could mean 12% body fat, whereas for others, it could mean 17%. Like Eric Helms, for example, is someone who has ab definition even in the high teens that others would only have in the low teens. I myself have relatively poor ab definition, which more or less looks the same between 12% all the way to 16%. And 
how I know personally where I'm on that spectrum largely comes down to the things that only I can see or feel, like how much fat I can grab on my stomach or how much stomach fat is crunching when I'm sitting down uh, or when I'm lying down, how much I can feel my abs. But just by shooting a selfie in some decent lighting, I could pretty much look the same for someone else between 12% and 15% body fat. So anyway, the first week's weight loss was okay, or at least existent. Uh, I lost just under half a percent body weight, which already I had a feeling that I lost quite a bit more than that. If anything, simply going off of my food choices, which at this point I pretty much just know what I need to eat to lose somewhere between half a percent to 1% body weight per week. Um, my caliper readings and my waist measurement was also down. So, so far it was good, basically. Um, now the following week was when some funky things started happening. My scale weight average was actually up. And by that, I mean my weekly average scale weight reading was higher than the week before. So what the hell? So I did a review of what I did and it was like, okay, so I did eat out two times when my parents were here to visit me, but it was literally nothing. Like they were more conservative meals than what I would have had if I was on my own. Uh, otherwise, my food choices were all in order. And to be quite honest, I could feel that I got leaner and it visually looked like that as well. And I'll put up another picture here. Uh, that's how I looked like at the end of week two. And yeah, I mean, it did look like I got leaner, but the scale was just not reflecting that. Uh, so I kept going and I got a bit stricter just in case. So up until that point, I had some carrots and some sweet potatoes, not a lot, but I was like, okay, I cut those out and I'll have berries instead because taste-wise, it's pretty much the same for me, but they are leaner and less calorically dense. So I'll make this much extra restriction. It's not a big deal. So end of week three, my freaking scale weight was slightly up again. So I'm like, okay, this is stupid. I clearly feel that I got leaner. My ab definition is more visible. I can grab less fat on my stomach. I even see a vein in the middle of my abs, which typically comes out at the 10%-ish mark. So what the fuck? But what was really frustrating is that my waist measurement was also the same as the week before, probably because I had some increased bloating and... I had to acknowledge the fact that I probably have a really shitty waist uh, body fat measurement caliper because the numbers were also stagnant. So to be honest, I went into the fourth week not even logging my weight because I was like, okay, I know that my weight is probably going to be the same. This shit is not moving. So I'll just focus on making the food choices that I know work for me from experience. And to be completely honest, at this point, I was kind of inclined to just cut this entire mini cut off because to some degree, I feel felt uneasy about it to begin with. I was like, man, I should use my time to build muscle. I'm probably too advanced to expect any kind of progress in a deficit at this point. But part of me was like, man, I was the biggest champion of saying that you can get nice and lean without tracking macros. And as long as you make the right food choices, you can trust the process, things are going to happen. So, I mean, I got to walk the walk. I mean, what kind of an example would I set if I quit now? Uh, so I kept rolling with the diet, but I didn't log my weight anymore. I simply went by how I looked and how I felt. And I kept reminding myself that I made the right calls in terms of food choices. I adhered to the right diet structure. I used my hunger and satiety signals to dictate how much to eat. 
fat loss must be occurring. So the fourth week was quite tough and unrewarding psychologically. I kept weighing myself, but I didn't log the weights anymore because I didn't want to discourage myself. And at the end of the fourth week, I said, you know what, I'll do one more week and that's it. I think I'm lean enough judging by my appearance and how I feel, even though the scale and my measurement tools don't register this. So one more week and I'm done. And about two or three days into the fifth week, all of a sudden I hit a massive low on the scale, which I didn't weigh that low in a few months. And I was like, holy shit, this is a big jump. Uh, Then the next day, again, another low. And I don't exactly know what happened there, but probably I just dropped a lot of bloating and retained water all of a sudden. And also visually, the difference was pretty startling. And so I was like, okay, I should probably log these weights. And at the end of the week, I finished averaging 82.5 kilos. And visually, the difference just all came out really visibly. And again, knowing my body and my storage patterns and and past history, I'd say that I finished at around 9% body fat. So in five total weeks, I went from about 13% body fat down to 9-ish percent body fat, which is basically exactly how it was planned. And if you look at the time course and where I arrived, it comes out to about 0.8% weight loss per week, which didn't show up on the scale all the way to the very end, but it was still happening in the background. So the reason I'm telling you all of this is because this experience has turned out to be a bit of a milestone for myself. Not because I got lean, because I've done that before, and you know that's something that kind of loses its appeal really quickly. But you know, I have been saying certain things for a while about how you can automate your fitness progress to a large extent, and you can make your body your ally, where you can just internally monitor things, know when you're on track and when you aren't, and use a couple of very simple habits to manipulate things. And you really don't need things like the kitchen scale or my fitness pal after a certain time. And you know, three weeks into this mini cut, I honestly had to question myself where I was thinking, man, like this is where my amazing systems brought me, where I can't even make the scale move and I'm just spinning my wheels. And all I have to show for is a failed diet attempt that I quit after three weeks. And maybe my, quote, intuitions about what kind of energy balance these foods put me in were completely wrong. And now I'm just one of those people who underreport and unconsciously overeat constantly. And once I got the whoosh effect, it was just an amazing reaffirmation that you can really trust the process. And this shit I was talking about with adopting the right habits, finding a set of foods that you can eat, enjoy, and nicely get satisfied and satiated from can really get you great results. And this stuff really works. And mind you, the same thing can happen if you do track your macros, where you can put yourself in a nice deficit, which you know from experience will work for you. And then the scale and your other measurement tools will just not move at all. And those are the times when you just need to trust the process. So I'm really glad that I didn't quit. And this experience made my belief in these ad libitum or autoregulatory eating methods stronger than ever. And guess what? It was five weeks in total. Probably I could have stopped after four weeks. I mean, originally I wanted to get down to 10% or so body fat. 
and I went a bit under eventually, and the process was a bit frustrating at times, but guess what? Now I'm eating in a surplus again. Uh, my energy and hunger levels are getting to a really good place already. And do I now think about the fact that, oh man, it's so bad that two weeks ago the scale didn't move? No, it's over now. Who cares? Sometimes you need to bottle up the sucky things for a short period of time. And once it's over, it's as if it never happened. So now I increase my food intake and I'm doing that in a very systematic manner. And I have a bit of a different strategy now going forward with this bulk uh, compared to what I had in the past. But I think I'll save that for next Thursday or maybe the Monday after that because I have some new thoughts on how to best manage cutting and bulking, which is always a fun topic to talk about. But for now, the message I'd like to leave you with is once you've found a workable system that you can actually verify in some way that is viable, just trust that process, even if at times the feedback may be lagging behind a little bit. So I hope this episode was informative and encouraging if you found yourself in a similar situation recently, or you know, if you ever find yourself in such a situation in the future, then you can always revisit this episode to gain some encouragement from it. So I hope you enjoy this. And with that, see you next time. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and liked what you heard. And if you did, then I think you definitely love our SSD training and nutritional course that we recently put out with Burger Fuggerly. This program not only contains a 12-week phasic training program that you can use to time efficiently and safely build the best body you can, but also gives you four plus hours of video lectures about managing your nutrition and lifestyle to not only look good, but feel and perform optimally. So if this sounds interesting to you, then go ahead and check out sustainableselfdevelopment.com. And of course, to not miss out on future episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast and you'll be up to date on everything we'll be putting out. So thank you for hanging around up until now and see you next time.